Here on our podcast, How Star Wars Is It?, we review lots of topics against many different criteria that we deem as Star Wars. And one of those major criteria is, does it have good music? So this week, we decided to review some good music. So get your driver's license, and let's take one step forward, three steps back, into your car, so we can make an episode that'll be good for you. That'll make you happier than you've been in a long time. And you can tell us about your favorite crime on the way. Hope you're okay. <laughs> We're reviewing Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. How Star Wars is it? Welcome to Whoa. the podcast, How Star Wars Is It? Starring yes. Mike Gospel and Josiah Robinson. Featuring my air conditioner in the background <laughs> and Mike's lens and flare Chloe through his window. <laughs> and Chloe Feynman. Good at impressions. She was never on the show during the Don Pardo years. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Musical guest, Nassim Pedrad, <laughs> a.k.a. Chad. <laughs> uh, bad show. Anyway, this uh, is the podcast, How Star Wars Is It? We rate and review yep. anything and ultimately everything. Everything. On a scale yep. of 1 to 10 of how Star Wars that thing might be. Right. Not how good it is, not how bad it is, but um, how Star Wars it is, which means we take everything Star Wars, books, movies, TV shows, music, mm -hmm. uh, and we put it all into one big pot. We make that pot into a chili. We make the pot into the chili. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's a 10 out of 10, and we compare things to that. So Does that add up to you guys? <sighs> A, yeah. a chili that is all things Star Wars. Yes, all things considered. What if we did an NPR parody that was called All Things Star Wars um, <laughs> instead of All Things Considered? I don't it's think not... I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to All Things Welcome to All Things Star Wars. I'm, what's like a good NPR name? I'm... Hannah uh, Joffe Waltz. I'm Tanner Blamendaum. Oh, you meant uh, like make up a name. Yeah, like a fake. What's oh. like a fake NPR name? It sounds like good NPR. I think Tanner Down is good. <laughs> I'm Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm Tootsie. Welcome That's actually to a game that uh, a couple of us played for a while. I had some friends from improv in, in my Indianapolis days who came up to Chicago for like a weekend and they were doing this game the whole time where like anytime during a meal or a conversation someone at any point could just point to someone else and go name and you had to just come up with a made up name and like everyone would be like uh 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 Arthur um Jigurkray and and there was one guy who was just so fucking fast and good at it and it was his his formula was just like First name of a friend I know, and then like a noun. And like yeah. the one that I still remember to this day was like someone points him, name, and he goes, Beth Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like for, those are good to try to think of. I feel like this was like a trick I would do in improv sometimes where I'd like think of people I went to elementary school with, you oh, know? Me too. It's like, hey, Connor Crossland. Get, what are you doing? Yeah, dude, up here? I used I used elementary school friends as well. That's really funny you say that. I <laughs> one time I remember being in a scene uh, on my Herald team, and someone looked at me and called me Mike, <laughs> and we both just sort of were like, 
<laughs> That's my real name. <laughs> um, but anyway, this uh, week, I think this is our first ever album. We did review Green Day before, and we uh, we ended up we talking mostly, mostly about American Idiot. <laughs> listen to American Idiot, yes, 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 Did correct. we do any just records on our 100th episode where we recovered a shitload of things? I don't remember, uh, possibly, but yeah, this I is the first you. episode proper, so we'll yes. count it. And this is the 2021 smash record by Olivia Rodrigo, Sour, which of course Sour. is in all caps, and all the song titles are all lowercase, which, okay, let's mm, get started, mean? Josiah. Yeah, let's get into okay, it. Okay, is, is, did I miss something? Sure, 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 go Do off. songs not have capital letters anymore? Go off, because, queen. Because I've noticed this with this Gen Z. <laughs> Hey, 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 like, Mike. Like Billie Eilish's records, all of her song titles are, are lowercase. And I think there's like maybe a Taylor Swift album that they're lowercase. Yeah, I was going to say, before you get too excited, both Folklore and Evermore. is And T-Swift is solidly a millennial, and she did she it too. Is. So. I've never really listened to anything by her. And did I? Should I? No. Uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, here, here's This is going to be interesting because I love pop music, and I love talking about pop music. And uh, I my favorite is Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. Uh, in general, the uh, I'm trying to find something if I can confirm. Oh my god, have you seen that video of the guy with all the different rainbow, like all the different yes. colors of the rainbow wigs on his head? Yes, very good, oh, incredible. So, funny. so, so, so if you okay, so here's my thing. I uh, hating on Taylor Swift is is passe. It is old. It is yesterday. Okay, um, I, I don't no, enjoy the most. Beatles. Oh, you're right. Sorry, yesterday is by the Beatles. Uh, Taylor Swift sings. Uh, Starbucks lovers. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I do not enjoy most of Taylor Swift's discography. Mm. I, I, I and and I and Charlie, my girlfriend, it, her favorite artist probably. Mm. Um, it's funny because she doesn't like think of herself as like a Swifty, but she absolutely is. And it's kind of like I, I think she finds shame in it sometimes, and she shouldn't. But so I've listened to a lot more than I used to because of that, and I have discovered that the reason I don't like most older Taylor Swift is um, outside of like a couple songs um, is because her music is too and, and this and, and Mike this is a beef I have with Olivia Rodrigo's Sour a little bit too ah. is because I feel like I know because Taylor Swift was so famous I feel like I knew too much about what her songs were about Ah, and yes. so when she was singing about like someone, I'd be like, "Well, that she's talking about Nick Jonas." And and that's or, funny like, you say that because I am tuned out enough that that never really affects me. Like, because there are some like contemporary pop albums that for some reason I discover and love. Like both the Harry Styles albums I really love, and I remember a friend saying like, "Oh yeah, that song's about Taylor Swift," and I was like. Oh, that makes it worse for me. <laughs> see, see, and I, 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 <laughs> I wish I didn't through, know that. <laughs> yes, same. I, I didn't, I didn't really listen to her much, and then listening to some of her older stuff with Charlie. Charlie will tell me backstory, and I'm like, you, if you want me to enjoy this song, you need to stop because yeah. this makes me not like it. That's the thing it's, about it makes pop it seem... songs is they the reason they have such a mass appeal is not because you know the backstory, but it's because it's broad and it can yeah, be universal. about anybody. And, and so, like, there is... And I think with with Taylor Swift, there was a sense of, like, especially when she had her, like, falling out with, like, Katy Perry or whatever, and, like, she had a whole album where she was, like, a bad girl now. I was like, this is dumb. I don't, I, I don't like this. Yeah, but it's, then, like a, it's like a performance. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, Folklore and Evermore came out last year in 2020, and I really like those, and I realized the reason... 
is because those songs are deliberately metaf- metaphorical, like metaphorical. She's telling stories. Like she's making characters. Poetic, yeah. So they they are some of them are based within her experience, but she has like they're about people, characters, ideas, as opposed to like. Uh, the media is mean to me uh, and I'm uh-huh. famous or like, you know, Kanye West was a jerk, which like he was and she's had awful things happen to her. Well, I know so way too much about Before you Swift. relate this back to Olivia Rodrigo, I actually don't know if I want to hear that part because <laughs> spoiler well, alert, I really love this album and I don't need to know who any of these characters are. <laughs> okay, great. So <laughs> this is part of, I, I think Sour by Olivia Rodrigo is a really good album. I think it's like, it's it's like sort of a throwback to a uh, pop rock kind of feel. You know what I mean? Like there's a little well, yeah, bit of punk in there. It, it's very like multi-genre. Yes, there are several songs that are just like. I mean, there there, there was a, you might not, I don't know if you saw this, but like on TikTok it blew up, where uh, "Good for You" is essentially that one Paramore song. Well, yeah, I uh, that, so okay. I think we've talked about this before, but are you a lyrics person or a music person? I am a uh, music person first, Me and too. then I hear the lyrics. Uh, so, like the first couple times I listen to a song, I'm hearing it holistically. Yeah. as a like the lyrics are just part of the music and then it takes like another listen for me to be like oh that's what they're saying you i know? can i can listen to a song every day for all of high school and not ever know what it's actually about like that's i beautiful. like i i would probably bet if i were to somehow be able to quantitatively rank my top 100 songs i would probably be able to tell you what maybe 11 of them are actually about Sure. Like I don't well, pay attention to the lyrics really at all, and, <laughs> and I like that about songs in general. Like I because once again, like you know, sort of going back to the Taylor Swift thing and a little bit of the Olivia Rodrigo thing, is art in general is like the artist is dead, right? It's up to interpretation. Like the artist's intention matters to a point, and like you know, some people might use this to argue like, oh, well, you, you can separate the art from the artist, which is like fine whenever it's like you know they dated someone you don't like, but a different thing when they're like a pedophile or whatever. But anyway, I digress. The, I think that with a lot of pop music, I like the fact that I can just be like, this is what this song makes me feel. Yeah. These are what the lyrics make me think it's about. I don't know what they actually had in mind when they were writing it. And so it's funny because Charlie, when she listened to Folklore and Evermore, really wanted to figure out what, she, what each song was about in Taylor Swift's life. Like she was like, what did she mean? Like yeah, what does this relate to? That that and I was like, I don't want to know. Desired outcome for someone. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's part of the reason why I liked Car- or why Carly Rae Jepsen was sort of my uh, gateway into pop because I started listening to Emotion in like 2015 when it came out because um, it was like super critically re- well reviewed, and all those songs are are you know excellent pop songs. I think that's like one of the best pop albums ever, and part of the reason why I think is because it is. Carly Rae Jepsen, I think, does a really good job of writing from a personal standpoint, but not making you feel like you're looking into her, like, uh, life or, like, her dirty laundry a little bit. And I think, like, Olivia Rodrigo falls in between Taylor and Carly Rae in, the, in her lyrics. Yeah. Because this is a breakup album. Right. And, and I will say is, also, these are, for the most part, these are songs where I am actually tuned into the lyrics and the words she's saying. And generally... I think she's like really good at crafting words into musical sentences. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be funny when I tell Charlie that we recorded an episode about this. There's the lens flare uh, <laughs> that we recorded an episode about this because she's gonna get mad that I didn't invite her to be on it because <laughs> she likes this album a lot. Yeah, there's so Mike, close your ears if you don't want to hear the background. Um, <laughs> but so Olivia Rodrigo was on the High School Musical, the musical, the series or whatever, right. which is an insane show. 
that exists. Um, it's just wild that it exists. It's very meta. And she started dating. I, I'm going to bring this up because I want you to listen to some of these other songs because they're bad. Um, she started dating one of the guys on it and he was a little older than her. Mm. So she was like, I think 17 and he was like 19 or 20 or something. And so it was like, they were together. It wasn't like too weird cause they were really close in age, but it was like, yeah. you know, a little weird cause she was high school age and he was like early college age. Yeah, yeah. But like once they could have gone to college together, it would be, you know, be fine. That kind of thing. Right. And then he ended things with her and started dating one of their fellow castmates, co-stars, who was older in her 20s as well. Got it. And who, who Olivia Rodrigo was really insecure about. So when she's talking about like, oh, with her, with her, like she's comparing herself to this other girl. Right, right. Which, so that's, which is you, one way to read that without knowing any story about her is like, if you didn't know she was also a television star, you might think, oh, this is a girl going to high school and having a horrible time being ab- in high school like oh, everybody yes. does. Absolutely. And then, like, when you think about the actual reality, it's like, oh, well, I mean, like, she, like, probably goes to, like, a building or probably even more, like, a private tutoring trailer on the lot at the set, yeah. at the set where she's working. She was going to pretend high school. Right. Like, they were filming her going to pretend high school, and then she would have to go to real high school with a tutor in, like, you know, a little, uh, like, portable building, right. you know? Um, but, no, I, I do think, I mean... A lot of people, when this album came out, were like joking, about, like they were like uh, joking with their significant other, like, "Can you break up with me so I can listen to this?" Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. really feel it, and then like we can we can get back together. Right. But like, I really just want to feel the full emotion because it's a perfect breakup album. It, it, it's it, my only critiques about this album are it is such a breakup album that it, it gets a little one note. That, where you're yeah, like, that's all like, it is. Yes, and I'm excited for. Here's the thing Her. about one notiness, though. Yes, Star Wars. Mo- well, Star Wars. <laughs> fuck, what is this show? <laughs> because it does sort of go kind of uh, almost um, multiple personalities style yeah. to different genres. Genres, yeah. It uh, the the one notiness of the content doesn't get in the way of of me enjoying the album because again, I'm such yeah. a like melody person and like music person that yeah uh, music person meaning as opposed to like focusing on the lyrics too much that like the fact that it does kind of dip in and out of like different styles makes me like keeps me engaged yes it's it's like yeah you're right because the 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 oh and hey you know pulling influences from different uh things putting it all together to be one thing right um because like I, i also think this is one piece like it's uh, when when yeah. I was in Vegas with Caitlin just now, or just you know last week, uh, we would drive around and and uh, her sisters, one of them had a playlist, and a number of these songs were on the playlist. But it was a playlist of just like all sorts of songs. And whenever one of these songs would come up, at first I would be like, oh, I I know this one, and yeah. then I would be kind of like, it's weird not hearing this in its slot on an album that is all one piece, like be- yes. because. Um, Something that, uh, shout out to another podcast that covered this recently, Bill Buds. Um, they cover pop music albums. You should listen to it. They're great. Um, former guest of the show, John Patrick Cohen is one of the co-hosts. Anyway, mm-hmm. one of the things that I think he said, that JPC said, was like each song kind of covers like a different like thought or feeling you might have immediately after a breakup. Like some of them are like, yeah, fuck you. I didn't want you mm-hmm. anyway. And then others are like, I'm so sad thinking about how happy I was with you. You know, like, and then some are like, I am so sad and I want you to be happy. But like, I also don't want you to be happy. Yes. Like it's, I want, yeah. I want, 
I want your time with me to be the happiest you ever were, and I want you to feel bad when you realize you're not as happy with someone else. Yeah, <laughs> like it is. It is. It is an album almost like exercising all the different feelings you have for the like month or two or however long it takes after a breakup to kind of like re realize yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an excellent breakup album. And like my only critique is that it, it can get a little one notey. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Cause the genres bring it around. I, you know what else? You know, it's kind of one notey star Wars. Sondheim. It, oh, <laughs> that's true. Dang, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, he, this, this is funny. Cause this kind of reminds me of what we were talking about in the attack of the clones episode, where we were talking about if George Lucas had like done genres and the prequels, it could, would have been better. Right. And I feel like funnily enough, like this album does genres, you know, like there is a, there's a couple of like punk rock songs right. almost like I said, Paramore earlier, like the, like uh good for you is, is very obviously Paramore, um, inspired or if not for that, in fact, it, even it, also like. Green Day, like there's a part yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like a rolling drum and it's like dun, 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 yes. And I was like, there was that a, is just Char- a Green Day song. Charlie and I got in an argument where she was, where I was saying that the, this album was punk pop, and she was saying it's like '90s rock, and I was like, no, this is punk pop all the way. This is like, like Green Day, uh, Paramore, like. Uh, and but then also, yeah. But I think '90s rock is in there too, though. That like it is. You're not wrong. Yes, that sounds like sort of like Oasis. Absolutely. It was a stupid argument to have because we were both right, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we were just like looking at different parts of it. But then, like, uh, the good for you thing. is that way brutal. Is- yes, exactly. Because <laughs> um, I thought the song sounded like an elephant blowing its nose, uh-huh, and, and I thought she the thought song th- felt like a tree trunk. Yes, and then like, but some of the some of them are like beautiful piano ballads, and then some of them are like arena sort of pop lifting huge ballads that are like like driver's license is a huge ballad but then some of the other ones are like much more subdued and an anthemic bridge yes and to bring it back to taylor swift she helped write on some of them and two of the songs are using music that are that are that are from different taylor swift albums that she essentially oh. just wrote different lyrics over and like moved That's around interesting yeah uh, which Maybe leads me to, to like give Taylor Swift an actual try. I would say listen to Folklore and Evermore first because I think they're really good um, and they're different than her other stuff. And then if you like those, I feel like you can work your way back a little bit. Okay. Um, which leads me. Hold on. Before we get too far. Yeah. So genres. That's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. We, that we mentioned together a bunch of genres. One notiness can be a little uh, Star yeah. Wars. I do. The thing that I'm really here's the thing I'm really excited for. Okay. Two things. Wait. Okay. I have two things to talk about, Mike. Number one. Olivia Rodrigo is, is a baby. She's like 19. Right. And I don't know. Tell me if you've started experiencing this. But I feel about her the same way I feel about Billie Eilish, which is, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, and that I hope they're okay. <laughs> like, it's sort of a weird, hope like. you are okay. Hope you are okay. It's sort of like, it's not paternal because I'm not old enough to be paternal. But right. it is it's almost f- more like a little sibling. Or yes. Something. I feel like protective. I, I have not listened to Billie Eilish, but I worry about her. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Olivia Rodrigo. And pretty much any, like, teen star, young adult star, especially when they're women, I'm like, I hope they're okay. Like, it's a weird protectiveness where I'm like, please, everyone be nice to them. And and I hope to God they don't develop a drug problem. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that comes from there's there's very few um, age ranges that we as 30-year-olds remember having lived. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah. if we were 60 and and we were talking about Carly Rae Jepsen, we, we might be also like, yeah, be yeah. saying, like, gosh, I hope she's okay. Like, that your 30s can be kind of rough because, like, 
you're hot and people are catcalling you or whatever. You know, right, whatever. Right. But like we we know how hard it is to be yes, a teenager because we only recently escaped it. <laughs> That's so true. And then and compound that with like being like everybody in the country knows who you are. Yeah, being like, super super famous. Yeah, it's it's a weird new feeling that I only started experiencing the last couple of years. But it's and, and I don't feel it about like. The pop stars that are like closer to our age, like your Selena Gomez's, your Demi Lovato's, like at this Lady point I'm Gaga. like, yeah, I'm like at this point I'm like, they're, I mean, I do worry about them, but not really because I'm like, you're an adult now, you're on your own, like hopefully things are going okay. Right. Like Demi Lovato has a lot of problems, and I hope she's okay, but I don't feel the way where I'm like, we could still save these ones, okay? Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish, like we could, they could have a well-adjusted like young adulthood. You know what I mean? Right. Like they have, we, we could maybe make it for them. I wonder if some of this, this feeling, cause I've, I've felt it too. Like listening to that album, I'm like, wow, it's really cool that like a young person is so uh, like eloquent and, and writes so beautifully about like feelings that, you know, like y you may or may not feel exactly all these feelings in high school or ever, but like it is both specific enough to like feel fully vulnerable and, and and relatable but also broad enough that everyone listening to this album would be like yeah that's happened to me like yeah it's I, I i like the so so one thing speaking on you know the fact that she's young again i'm super looking forward to olivia rigo's career in general yes because i can't wait for her next album that's not breakup album to see what it is you know what i mean like and in general just like what she does because i do think she's a good lyricist right well and, and she's clearly like a kind of a musical theater kid so yeah. like with all the like genre disguises and like the drama the sort of poetic lyrics like i i bet you she could write like really just any i i would love if the next record like you're saying was another like theme yeah yeah totally it's not breakup but it's like you know what whatever it ends up being yeah the um food. i do think she does f yeah food she does get, give me a little bit of like early taylor swift vibes in in some of her lyrics because like some of the way she some of the ways she rhymes and some of the ways she fits syllables into things i'm like olivia you shouldn't say the floor of my bathroom like what <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> Yeah, like every, that's a good point. I thought she was saying back room f for the longest time. And I was like, what? Your back room? And then I was like, oh, she's saying bathroom. But it's like uh, a weird... It's just like stuff like... It's like little quibbles like that where I'm like... something that like Alanis Morissette does a lot too. Yeah. Like, it's like... it's, And I don't know if everybody cares about it, but it's something that I find annoying. I, like, I hear you. I, that one hasn't like particularly stood out to me. And in fact, I even remember thinking... There's one or two times where she more slant rhymes than rhyme rhymes. And yeah. I remember thinking specifically, like, that was as Taylor Swifty as the lyrics have been. And then yeah. I thought specifically of you because you are the one who I've talked to about <laughs> rhyming and how Taylor Swift doesn't seem to know what that yeah, means. Yeah, she doesn't know how to rhyme. I, that, that's one of my favorite favorite things to make Charlie and also any Taylor Swift fan mad is saying that she doesn't know how to rhyme. Uh -huh. Because, like, uh, because she used, like, well, and, you know, obviously she does. But there's a lot of her very popular songs, like, exclusively use slant rhymes. Yeah. Which I love a good slant rhyme. Bad just, blood. Not yes, a single bad, word of that oh, chorus, which no. there's like four times where it's indicated as a yep. rhyme. And now we've they got bad rhyme. blood. We used to be mad fact, love. They uniquely don't rhyme with any yeah. one of the other ones. <laughs> bad blood, mad love. Uh -huh. Look what you've done. And it, cut. It's like, really yes, cut. cut. And so, and honestly, like, I am at a point now, like sort of my songwriting, like it, it, career, and also just like listening to music. I kind of love that. Like I, I much more enjoy the middle vowel sound 
rhyming uh-huh. with the consonants on the outside being different than I enjoy the last like four letters of the word rhyming, you know, mm. like I like that. But oh, bad blood is a big offender because yeah. it's like those don't feel good. Right. They don't feel fact, right coming out. Deep cut is is the most offensive of all of them because she like makes cut last for three syllables cut right yeah. it's like now we got bad blood used to be mad love i like that bad blood and mad love that's good because bad and mad rhyme uh-huh. like straight and then love and blood is slant which is great and then saying a really big cu- a really big cut uh uh-huh. bad yeah. and then saying uh or sorry look what you've done uh uh you've done doesn't fit right and uh doesn't fit because they right. don't fit the, the convention the, the she set up uh would actually be the ad the yes mad or yes. bad so it's like give me another mad give me an ah uh ah uh ah uh uh or give me an ah uh ah uh 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 like you right. know it, it she doesn't do it but anyway that was a huge tangent no, i'm I mean, so like, sorry I, like thinking of things like almost you know <laughs> fucking Gilbert and Sullivan or yes. uh, Rogers and Hammerstein or even like, like Lin-Manuel, like yeah. lyrics where it's like a five syllable rhyme and every syllable rhymes is yeah. like, it's, it, it's, it's or my like favorite. Aladdin. Like what's the, uh, what's his name? The guy who did all the Disney movies. Oh, uh, Schwartz, Steven Schwartz. Yeah. That's one of them. Regardless, like musical theater rhymes tend to be like, you know, like Wicked has a bunch of them too, that it's just like, holy shit, how'd you think of that? One was yeah. one word and the other one was like three words that you managed to make rhyme with one another. You know, yeah. like The music, Alan Menken, sorry, that's the one. I was, the, Alan Menken. Uh, the, right. the, the other one, I, the, the bigger one that I somehow couldn't think of. No, and like I, I, there, I sing uh, song. so at my little daycare job where I sing songs to children, I sing uh, How Far I'll Go From Moana all the time. And it's a funny one because it has that Lin-Manuel thing where he, he'll leave. And people get mad about it like to make fun of it. Cause, and this is so stupid, but there's a um, – uh, I'll get to it. So, like, uh, it's like, I know everybody on this island seems so happy on this island. Everything is by design. It's like you just rhymed island with island uh-huh. eight times. And then I know everybody on this island has a role on this island, so maybe I can roll with mine. It's like the island, 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 island are all just one part of that line. And then it's mine – and design that are the rhyme. You know yeah, what I mean? Both, right, right. And it's like, it's kind of funny that there's all those islands because you're like, well, this doesn't rhyme. But then you're like, oh, well, it does at the end. It still feels good. Like it, and it sounds right when you listen yes. to it. Well, and, and also the island, the, the repetition has its own little earworminess. Yes. It, and there was a, uh, I remember there's like, I think it's in Thrift Shop by Macklemore where he's like, uh, something, something on that. Oh God! Now I have to look up the lyrics to Thrift Shop by Macklemore. God damn it! I was hoping I'd never have to do that again. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold on, hold on, everyone, shut up. Okay, when, where's the part where he says "motherfucker" a bunch? That's okay, so yes, I remember the built-in onesie. Yes, with the socks I remember someone was someone was like talking shit. Like one of my friends was like, he rhymed motherfucker with motherfucker three times. I'm like, no, he didn't. He said, I'll take those flannel zebra jammies secondhand. I rock that motherfucker. The built-in yeah. onesie with the socks on that motherfucker right. hit the party and they stop in that motherfucker. Like the rhyme is a little earlier guys. The rhyme doesn't always have to be at the end of a line. Yeah. Have you ever listened to rap? You know that way. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know? right. uh, Jack White does that a lot. Like he'll, uh, like the one that comes to mind is that song, that white stripe song. That's like, um, 
And then to think I'm about to react now. Come back now. Yes. Now is the same word both times, but like the rhyme is the word before. Yes, I love that stuff. And should we start a pop podcast? Or we just talking about music? You know, speaking of pop and uh, wait now, shit, where was that going? You're talking about White Stripes. No, it was before that. Uh, Macklemore. Oh, oh, oh. I remember. Speaking of music and uh, you can cut all that. Okay, great. Um, speaking of being a music person and not necessarily caring too much about lyrics, have you seen the Netflix show This Is Pop? It's like it was recently added. No, I. It's like seven or eight or maybe six, um, like mini documentaries on pop music, and each one like has like a different like. In fact, I think each one's probably a different film crew, like a different mm. creative voices, because they all kind of feel a little different. But uh, one of them is all about sweden mm. and pop music coming from sweden so obviously abba right um in the 70s and uh the tradition of swedish pop music but specifically production of pop music done in sweden it like colored the entire american pop atmosphere for like a decade sure. like backstreet boys did all their shit in Sweden, at least their first record, and Britney Spears. Mm. Like, it's these people who just, like, uh, so they were going create there to these pre- fucking hooks. Yeah. And uh, they're like, all right, let's do a ballad. And then they do fucking Lucky on the Britney Spears album or whatever. And then they're like, let's do, like, bam, bam, bam. You know, bow, like, bow, bow. Uh, and then if you if you listen to the lyrics of any of those songs produced in Sweden, I want it that way. You want what? Which way? Yeah. Like, what are you the, talking about, guys? The lyrics don't necessarily <laughs> mean anything. And if you listen to a lot of ABBA songs, that is like somewhat true in those too. Yeah. And like the, that episode was my favorite of all of them. The I want to watch it. So I, I won't spoil any more of it, but I would highly recommend watching This Is Pop on Netflix. I used to listen to Switched On Pop, which is a podcast about pop stuff too. And then, uh, okay. and then Song Exploder, which is really cool because it breaks yes, apart songs. Yes. And I would like go in and find which the ones. It also has a Netflix show. It does, it. yeah. And I would go in and find the ones I wanted to list. Like, oh, I know that band. I know that song. But what you just said leads me to my second big point, And then we can go, you know, maybe wrap up and get to the break. So... That that sound, right? That that one sound where it's like, oh, it's Sweden, right? You know, or whatever. The, right now, and over the past like five years, really, this is my hot hottest take, and it's not that hot, but it's also not. I I think people, not everybody knows. So, Jack Antonoff uh, is. I don't even know Anton. <laughs> Antonoff, I barely Why know. Why would I Jack Antonoff? <laughs> uh, so he was the guitarist for Fun. And then is the like lead of everything in Bleachers, but really he's done like more producing um, than sort of you know his own solo stuff nowadays, mm-hmm. and um, he's worked with everybody at this point, and all the big like the like his sound, the pop sound right like now is him, and Olivia Rodrigo's Sour would not exist without specifically. Melodrama by Lord, her album that came out in like 2015, 2016. Okay. Because that was pretty much fully produced by Jack Antonoff uh, mm. and Lord. Like they, it was a collaboration. Every, yep, yeah, every song was produced by both of them. And I, if you like Olivia Rodrigo, if you like pretty much any modern pop in the last five years, I'd say go listen to Melodrama because you can hear the bones of all of it mm-hmm. in there. And that was the first like big pop album he did 
And then Taylor Swift got a hold of him. And so now they're frequent collaborators. And he's basically produced on all of her albums since then. And he's done Carly Rae. He's done, uh, he produced on two of the songs on Sour, I think. The ones that were combined with Taylor Swift because he, you know, wrote the Taylor Swift or helped write the Taylor Swift ones. Uh-huh. I, there's other people he's done, done stuff with. But like this, his sound, specifically the one that he and Lord kind of put together for um, melodrama is I think what everyone is trying to do now. Yeah, interesting. Um, Taylor Swift, Lord, St. Vincent, Lana Del Rey, Carly Rae Jepsen. I was going to say, St. Vincent is someone who I've only recently kind of gotten into. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that I really like her newest record and that was sort of my weird back end entry point. Mm-hmm. And because it's sort of like Bowie 70s yes. and her other stuff is certainly like not necessarily that. Uh, well, or, or it's less... Kara's characteristic of that. Sure. Uh, the, um, but it also has like a sort of, it's like very alty, but it has a lot of poppiness to it. Yes, definitely. The, uh, his, oh, he also did the, the chicks, the formerly known as the Dick's oh, chicks. Uh-huh. The chicks is like a sort of comeback album. Like he was, that was all him, which was, that one was weird to me. Cause I was like, I don't feel like their vibe fits his vibe at all. Mm. But yeah, you can like, once you start hearing him, you can't stop hearing him. Cause you can hear his like little influences in the background. Uh-huh. And so basically what I'm saying is all of pop in the last five years has been has been pretty much aping melodrama by Lord uh, huh. because I think Billie Eilish wouldn't be who she was without melodrama and Olivia Rodrigo wouldn't like sour wouldn't be what it is without melodrama like literally all of it. So anyway. Oh, and I should correct myself. Uh, Jack Antonoff did write a song on 1989. Um and produced like a single song, but it wasn't until melodrama that he fully uh, produced one. So anyway, that's my hot take about, you know what we didn't do in this whole first half hour is talk about any one specific song really (laughs) on, on the Olivia Rodrigo. That's true. We didn't, we also barely talked about star Wars. That's okay. Um, well, Star Wars has music and it covers a lot of genres. Yeah, is this a hero's I feel like journey? That's about as far as we're gonna get. No. Disney, <laughs> Disney hero's journey, not really. Uh, do you uh, do you have a favorite on this album? I don't know. I think that I gotta pull up the track list again so I can see the names. I, feel I like think I, those two pop punky songs are maybe my favorite. Although, yeah. like Driver's License, I feel like a bit of a like basic bitch, but like that might be one of my favorites. No, Driver's too. License is great. I think we're listening to it this time. I was more like out of the ballady kind of ones I was more struck by happier um I really liked that but yeah I think the pop punky ones are and then Deja Vu is very good Deja Vu is my other like big favorite the, the, especially once we get about halfway through where we hear that yes the build of Deja Vu is very kind good of mucky and, and I swear to god like once I mean there is a part of Deja Vu I'm pretty sure it is where it sort of goes out oh no and driver's license and in my head, it comes back in with a Lord song because it's the exact <laughs> same feel uh-huh. of this like big bill that go out. And it's like so. Anyway, if I was better at music production, I would mash them up, but I don't know how to do that. Um, so yeah, no, they're great. I mean, it's a good album. It's good. It's a good album. I like Trader. I, I think Trader's maybe fun. One or two that. Oh. Uh, I don't. I don't skip any really when I no. listen to it because it's a well, quick it's short. It's record, a short album, you know. Like, there are one or two that I'm like, nah, I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> so, okay, this is what I forgot to tell you, Mike, and, and I'll, I'll have you listen to these later. But so when she released Driver's License, uh, 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 the girl and the guy, the guy who she was dating, it's also funny because like 
another thing I've seen going around like on TikTok and Twitter is like people being like, wow, the guy that was dating Olivia Rodrigo honestly didn't do anything like that wrong, like morally. Like he broke up with one girl and then started dating another girl. But God, I fucking hate his guts. Like, it, like <laughs> it's like this guy's the scum of the earth. But he literally like did. He was like, oh, I'm going to break up with this one girl. Uh, and start dating someone who's my age that I uh, am starting to like. It's like, well, you did the right thing then. It's good that you didn't lead her on and, and you didn't cheat on her. So good job. But the the girl released this like, like clapback song after driver's license and it fucking sucks. And it made me <laughs> so happy how bad it was and how petty it is. Uh-huh. And it's like talking about like, oh, you got me under your skin. And I'm like, shut up. She's 18. Like, you're 22. And you're the other woman. You won. Like, you got the guy. And she's not even saying anything that mean about you. Like, in Driver's License, she's just saying, you're with this other girl. And, like, even in the album, she's like, she seems nice. It's like, she's not even being mean. She's just. And then then the guy released a song, too, sort of like his take of it. And it also sucks. And I was just so happy that their like response songs were bad. And yeah. I was also, once again, feeling protective of, of Olivia Rodrigo, where I was like, shut up, you two. You're yeah. both in your 20s, and she's 18. Yeah, so, like, right. calm down. And also, she is, no matter what the story is, she's the one who, like you said, like, lost. Yeah, she got her heart broken. You two are dating and still together, and you're all also still on the same TV show. <laughs> that presumably you're going to have to go film soon and it's going to yeah. fucking suck. So like don't write a clapback pop song especially when it's not very good. Yeah, it's it's like um getting quote unquote canceled and then releasing like a a picture of a of a notes app yes. apology yes. that doesn't actually apologize. <laughs> it's just like I was like and also obviously driver's license came from a very deep and emotional place that she then built an entire album around and it was like okay, then the song got released and then you wrote a song in a week and a half and put it out and it's obvious that you wrote this song in a week and a half yeah. just to be like you're you're thinking about me it's like shut up right, uh, right. anyway that's more of the background that I wanted to tell you but we should probably go to the break because I think yeah let's do it the game will be fun and it's going to be a lot of what we've been talking about so oh, nice. let's jump in Well, hello, sweeties and listeners. We are popping in here to let you know about our new Patreon. Woohoo! That's right. We just started a Patreon. It's called the House Star Resistant Expanded Universe, or HSWEU for short. For just $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly commentary track for a different Star Wars film and access to our exclusive Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. That's right, and if you want to be our best friend ever and want to be the best listener ever, you can also join the EU, which is $10 a month, and you get everything that Mike just said, plus you'll get a personalized shout-out and a thank you on our regular main feed podcast, the one you're listening to right now. And if either of those seem a little too steep for you, you can join us for $2 a month and just join us on the Discord channel, or for $1 a month because you just really like the show and want to throw us a bone once a month. So go to patreon.com slash howstarwarsisit and join us in the Hisuiu. How Star Wars and we're one step forward, three steps back. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so Mike, I got to the game this week, and uh-huh. it's a combination of a couple of my favorite things and, and 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 some of your favorite things. So, there is a there was a Tumblr account. Drops on roses. Uh, yeah, something on kittens. I can't remember whiskers? what the word. Yep, whiskers. Uh, there was a Tumblr account <laughs> called something, something on kittens. <laughs> There's a Tumblr account called Is It Better Than Emotion, and it was like a what account? A Tumblr account. Have you heard of Tumblr? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, it's a bad website. So anyway, the account was called Is It Better Than Emotion, and it went like semi-viral for a while and it was like taking albums as they came out slash some classic albums that were reviewed by by pitchfork because pitchfork does a numbered score and comparing it to emotion it's numbered score and saying like is it better than emotion and it was funny what is emotion emotion sorry by carly ray jepson um Uh, oh yeah which is why i found out about it and there's so, a there's a Twitter account that does something like that, but it's more subjective, and I can't remember what it's like. Is it better than? Oh shit! Oh, you've got mail. Oh, nothing <laughs> which is, is an better. account I follow because I think that's very. I mean, funny. that's hard because like literally nothing would be better. Right, it's the best movie. So, this this game is about rating things. We're going to be using Pitchfork ratings. Ah, uh, okay. But and so I was going to be like, maybe I should make my guess a rating, but I decided to put it in the form of is a bracket. Oh, um, so okay. I've got the scores over here. So we're going to go. So there is a definitive winner. Yes, there's a definitive winner, but only I know who it is. So so uh-huh. some some background, okay? I took and I I made a full ass thirty two bracket, okay? So we've got sixteen. <laughs> so so hold on, this is like if uh, if if March Madness all happened, yeah. I didn't watch any of it, and yeah. then you made me fill out a bracket. Yes, exactly. It's like yeah. if Mar- It's like if someone just gave. It's like if we all took a test. And it's like, yes, it's what you said. I'm not going to make another. It's the SATs. It's the SATs. You get a bunch of questions, (laughs) you don't know the answers to them, and you guess the whole time. And there is a right answer, and it's not (laughs) up to chance. So (laughs) we are looking at uh, uh, 16, like, uh, more recent pop albums. We're talking, like, I think the, like, I think, did I put 1989 on here? Uh, Mostly, like, last. The recent conference. Yes, the most, mostly the last five years, and they are, like, pop albums like you could maybe make the argument that some of them have some other influences but they are definitely pop along with other things maybe and then so pitchfork does this thing on it's like their sunday reviews or whatever where they go back and they review stuff that came out before they started doing reviews uh, uh-huh. uh, and giving them numbered scores so we have 16 of those and those are more of a mishmash of some are like some are like classic rock some are like early 2000s some are 90s like it's just more of a mishmash but they're all like um very, they're all very famous and like well-renowned artists. Um, so the goal being, and I put it into a random bracket. So, so some of the modern ones might be up against modern ones, Got it. Uh, but yeah, mostly sure. actually, it's pretty good. Where it's like a bunch of stuff is modern versus uh, classic. So we are going to start. <laughs> this is great. With the uh, uh, oh, and this is the other caveat. None of these albums scored above a nine point oh with Pitchfork. Okay, because I did. It's out of ten. It's out of ten because I didn't want to do like all-time great classics because, like, you know, most of the Beatles albums are like tens, and it's like, sure, guys, okay, uh-huh. yeah. With in hindsight, I'm sure yes. So they are all under nine, but they are mostly in the range. I think the lowest score, just to give you off the top of, uh, look through it real quick, the lowest is a, I think six point five. Uh, yes, lowest is six point five. Okay, so we're looking at a range between six point five and nine. So these are all pretty good. Like some of them are like average, but most of them are pretty good. So first, first okay. round, we've got melodrama by Lord versus Demi Lovato's 
Dance with the Devil, and then whatever the other part of it is that just came out. Okay, I'm going to guess, based on the amount you talked up melodrama, especially since this is a Pitchfork rating, that melodrama is the winner. You are correct. And I will give you the loser's score to give you a frame of reference. So Demi's album is a 6.5. Okay. So, now you know. Uh, Next, in a wild matchup, Uh John Mayer's Room for Squares, his, like, debut Uh album that, like, launched Uh him. Versus Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it is, I, 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 Who do you think Pitchfork likes more? I know at least a song or two from each of those, but my guess is um, on their Sunday review, when they go back in time, they honor things like context and the timeline. You sure. know, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you were to rate John Mayer's album now, it'd be like, it's fine, but I bet they gave it more credit than perhaps it deserves by the 2021 standard. Mm-hmm. However, I think they gave it to Janelle Monet. Now, this is interesting. You are actually incorrect. Oh, no. But it's by a very close margin. Um, okay. I'm not going to tell you the margin because that would give you the answer for the next one. Uh, but John Mayer's beats it out. And okay. it's close. So the loser, Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet, got a 7.7. So still very good. Okay. Uh, we got to move faster. I have way too many of these. All right. Madonna's self-titled Madonna versus Billie Eilish's When We Fall Asleep that she won all the Grammys for recently. When was Madonna released? Uh, Madonna, Madonna album. Uh, 1980-something. So like peak Madonna. It wasn't like her 1983. Yeah, 1983. Got it. Boy, that's... That's a really good question because they're both like, because I'm sure Madonna won awards for that or at the very least was very famous thereafter. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Something is telling me Madonna wins, but that feels foolish because everyone fucking loves Billie Eilish. Yeah. Um, Madonna. You're right. You're right. It's Madonna wins. Billie Eilish's is a 7.2. So a little less than Janelle Monae, but still pretty good. So now we've got. I'm not writing any of this down. I'm writing it down. Don't you worry. Uh, Now I've got. uh, This is another hilarious matchup. Sour by Olivia Rodrigo versus Johnny Cash's American Recordings, uh, which was his comeback in the 90s. Oh, like with Nine Inch Nails and stuff? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. People fucking loved that too. They did. Uh, I'm going to say he gets a like legacy credit and that's his leg up and that Johnny Cash wins. You are correct. Uh and the uh sour actually only got a seven point oh okay. if you can believe. Alright, moving on. We gotta go fast. I'm so sorry. You know what? I might just fill in some of these real quick. I'm just gonna tell you the winner. I'll make <laughs> I'll make I'll make you guess funny ones. Alright. Okay. Uh Lemonade by Beyonce versus David Bowie's Space Oddity. Just give me who do you think would get the, get it there? I think Beyonce wins that one. You, you're right. Lemonade is an Space eight. Space Oddity is not really revered. Yeah. Lemonade is an eight point five. Cannon. And Space Oddity got a six point seven. I just thought that was funny because it's like David Bowie, you know? Right, right. That was so, before that was his first big single, but it was before he became huge. Right. So then we got Bob Dylan's The Cutting Edge versus Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion. Well, by what you described, I'm going to go with Carly Rae on that one. So you would be incorrect because Emotion actually only has a 7.4. So it's funny that, like, they were comparing everything to it. I was trying to find stuff that was, like, really classic good albums that were worse. But not many of those showed up. So then we got The Rolling Stones' uh, Tattoo You beats out 
Doja Cat's Hot Pink, which came out semi-recently. Okay. Uh, Doja Cat got a 7.4. Um, next, this is fun. Uh, Billy Joel's The Stranger versus Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Teenage Dream got a 6.8, uh, which is like, it's Of fine. all these poppy people, I think Katy Perry is the one who like fell the hardest. Yes. From having a bit of a point of view to being like- Generic. A, like the, the, the sort of- antagonist system of the Josie and the Pussycats movie. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's so generic now. It's like, she's I don't like know what mouth. your point... Yeah, I don't know what your point of view is at all. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Prince's Ultimate Prince versus Lizzo's Because I Love You. Oh, brother. Somewhat... Con- I'm going to give you this one. Somewhat controversi- controversially, Lizzo's Because I Love You only has a 6.5, which is like, mm. guys, that's not right. That's yeah, low. you guys miss. You, that's a miss on that one. Okay, what about Metallica's Metallica? versus Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. I guess I'm going to guess Metallica. You're right, but it's by a very small margin. Dua okay. Lipa got a 7.5. Wow. Now we got Dixie Chicks's the when back when they were the Dixie Chicks Home versus Lady Gaga's Chromatica. I'm going to give oh, you this one. I don't know what critics said about Chromatica because it happened like right at like the very mm-hmm. first week of like the, the height of the Black Lives Matter protests and like just sort of just bad timing disappeared in, in, in a pandemic too. bad timing for an album. I think it is like a fucking slam and pop record, though. But what was the other option? Uh, Home by Dixie Chicks, which was back when they were uh, their heyday. Hmm. I, I think I might guess Chromatica. Uh, you are incorrect but it's okay. uh and it's it's not super close it's like it's 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 uh, chromatica put up a good fight but then we got this one's fun oh brother where art thou soundtrack versus <laughs> the spice girls spice album oh wow because <laughs> uh, that was their debut i'm uh-huh. gonna say it's uh because that that album has like four or five skips on it i'm gonna say it's the oh brother soundtrack. you're right and spice girls is one of the, the lowest rated on here spice girls only had a 6.8 if if that were the O Brother soundtrack versus just Wannabe and Say You'll Be There, sure. it would have been a much closer fight. Oh, absolutely. So now we got Michael Jackson's Dangerous versus Avril Lavigne's Let Go. I don't know what Dangerous is because I would have expected it to be like Thriller or something. So I'm going to say Avril Lavigne. Uh, no, Avril Lavigne only got a 6.6, also one of the lower ones. Can you believe? Okay. <laughs> Guys, what's fun about this too is that these don't mean anything, okay? Like, <laughs> like Pitchfork's... Any rating system, especially when it's numbered rating, is like, right. well, yeah, okay. There's no... However, I remember as a kid when we had an uh, original Xbox that uh, I had Xbox Magazine because it came with mm-hmm. demo discs. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I own the highest rated game from yeah. Xbox Magazine and that makes me feel cool. Yes. I have Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's a good general way to tell if something might be good, but it's like go listen to it. I don't know, you might like it because right. uh, they gave Lizzo's a six point five. Anyway, Folklore by Taylor Swift versus Blink One Eighty Two's Enema of the State. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Folklore. You're right by a small margin, uh, but Blink One Eighty Two got a seven point five on that one. Wow. Uh, we got um, Ariana Grande's Sweetener versus I put another Carly Rae Jepsen album on here because I love her. Dedicate her her one after emotion. Dedicated. So here's here's my thing. T- tell me. I think every song Ariana Grande sings on sounds like she's crying. Yeah. 
Uh, you're, and you're right. I think she is capable of singing, but I don't like the timbre of her voice. Interesting. And timbre is big for me. I will completely yeah. write off an entire cast album of Les Mis if the fucking Eponine is wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not. Uh, that is valid. Her songs are only whining, but if you're too whiny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Eponine is a hard line to walk. So for me, I'm going to say whichever the one wasn't Ariana Grande. <laughs> okay, that would have been Carly Rae Jepsen's Dedicated. You're wrong. Sweetener okay. was uh, apparently super critically loved. Uh, okay. Dedicated got a 7.3. Last one on, this, on the 32 round. Uh, U2's Zootopia versus Selena Gomez's worst, most recent album, Rare. I'm going to guess Zootopia. Yeah, you're right. It's not even close. Rare got a 6.8. Okay. okay, now we're on to the Sweet 16. Ooh, woo! Things are going to start going fast. Um we got Melodrama by Lord versus John Mayer's Room for Squares. Okay, Mayer was a surprising upset for me in the last round, but there's no way he's making it to the, the Elite Eight. I'm going with Melodrama. You are correct. Good job. Melodrama takes it. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, it's like semi-close. Now we got Madonna's Madonna versus Johnny Cash, American Recordings. Oh, boy. Okay, not knowing anything about the actual individual songs, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Madonna. Um, funnily enough, this is the only tie. They are both... 8.2. Wow. So I'm just going to give it to Madonna. So what happens? Because <laughs> uh, I just decided. Uh, it's, it's Madonna. All right, okay. next. Uh, Lemonade versus Bob Dylan. Uh, Lemonade. Uh, you got. Uh, it's Bob Dylan by a very small margin. Damn. Uh, by the way, sorry, that was the cutting edge recordings, which are like from his 1964 to 67 or something like that. I don't know. It's like a re-release. Oh, so is it like a best of? It's a little bit of a best of. It's like, it's like combining his old records into like um, one record got or it. something. Okay, Rolling Stones, Tattoo, whatever, versus Billy Joel's A Stranger. Again, not knowing which singles are on the records, I'm just going to have to guess. And I think as a pop songwriter, it's got to go to Billy Joel. You're right. Billy Joel takes it. And Mike, I don't know. This might be a bad game because it's like I'm just telling you albums that I don't even know anything about, but whatever. (laughs) So what about Prince's Ultimate Prince versus Metallica Metallica? Prince. Yep. You got it. And Metallica Metallica had a 7.8, so pretty good. Let's see. Home by Dixie Chicks versus Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Oh Brother Where Art Thou. <laughs> You're right. By oh a small God, margin. Oh my God, is it going to fucking go to the big dance? I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, what was I? Oh, Michael Jackson's Dangerous versus Folklore uh, by Taylor Swift. Um, What's on I Dangerous? Mean, n- knowing that I need to kind of like give her a more fair shake, I'm going to just go with Folklore. Uh, you're wrong because okay. danger. I'm looking up the singles from Dangerous. Let's see. Black or White is from Dangerous. Are you kidding me? It's really good. <laughs> Jam is on there. Uh, well, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, Michael Jackson takes it. Last one in the Sweet 16. Sweetener versus U2's Zootopia. And who is Sweetener? Sweetener's Ariana Grande. You too. Who you don't like. Yep, you two takes it by a, by a slim margin. So so right now, we are mostly... Uh, no, we are all classics. There's no one left except for Melodrama <laughs> by Lord. okay? Okay. So now let's see. Melodrama by Lord versus Madonna's Madonna. I mean, I now I got to root for, like, my generation. Uh, so, Lord. You're correct. <gasps> Madonna's oh Madonna... My- God. Has an eight point two, so it's very good. But not, that's like when Butler beats Duke, yeah. And it's like, yes, our Indiana boys are still in it. Yeah. <laughs> so now you got Bob Dylan's one versus Billy Joel's A Stranger. Okay. I again, I and I guess it's just Billy Joel bias because I don't know Dylan that well, and I know he's fucking beloved. But I'm gonna say Billy Joel. 
Incorrect. This one's Bob Dylan, probably mostly because it's like a compilation. The fucking greatest hits. Uh, Billy Joel gets an 8.5, though. Very good. Wow! Yeah, very good album. So now we got Prince versus the Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. <laughs> okay, I, again, like, kind of want to see that one do well because it's such a funny choice. Yeah. So I'm going to say, Oh, Brother Where Art Thou? Oh, Brother Where Art Thou does not win, but it does get an oh, okay. 8.3, which is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and then last on the Elite Eight. Go to sleep, you little. Having flashbacks to every choir concert when I was in high school. Uh, Michael Jackson's Dangerous versus U2's Zootopia. Okay, Michael Jackson just keeps fucking sweeping when I think he's not going to, so I'm going to say Michael Jackson. You are correct. Uh, by slim margin, but you're correct. All right, now the big game. Here we go. Or dun, dun, the dun, final dun. four <laughs> Melodrama versus Bob Dylan's cutting edge compilation thing. Well, if, shit, if so, it would if, feel really, if, like, boring to me if Bob Dylan went to the finals. So I gotta I gotta put my money and my, my spirit behind Lord. You're correct. Melodrama <gasps> beats out Bob Dylan, which wow. had an 8.7. Now, Prince versus Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Wow, that, the king versus the prince. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um... So I'm going to base this in the same way that I always have Gonzaga going to the finals <laughs> of just like like what word I like to say more and like just arbitrary things like that. I think I would rather have Prince in the finals than Michael Jackson, so I'm just going to say Prince. You're right. Prince got an 8. Uh, uh, Jackson had an 8.6. Wow. So now the, fi- the, the, the championship. It's so funny. If anyone who actually likes music and knows a lot about like music and especially like older classic stuff listens to this, they're probably like so annoyed at us for yeah. not knowing Just things. Taking guesses based on like general yeah. reputations. But, <laughs> and Mike, so Mike, melodrama versus Prince's versus whatever album it was by Prince. I can't yes. even remember at this Everything point. Everything Prince or something like uh, that? Yes, Prince's Ultimate Prince. So again, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Based on what you said about melodrama being like the sort of definitive album, pop album of like this decade, and knowing that uh, Pitchfork is a contemporary source, I'm going to say their recency bias is going to outweigh their Prince's legacy bias. And I'm going to say... Lord wins the championship. You are correct. Woo! Did I? Uh, Melodrama had an 8.8. Wow. And Prince had an 8.7. Did I purposely pick uh, everything yeah. to be under Melodrama to prove my point about how it's a really uh-huh. good album? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But also, I couldn't find any other modern pop that beats... 8.8, like, honestly. Um, there probably is. Did none of the, like, did, like, Fame Monster not come close? Uh, that's a good question, because I, I didn't look at everything. Um, yeah, yeah. But Melodrama was, like, the highest one out of everything I looked at. I love I love looking at picture for reviews, because they're so stupid, and, like, you know. Right. Uh, Fame Monster got a 7.8. Okay. Like, it's like, who's rating it? It's all and different I guess writers. That was the one that maybe did the best of her canon. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know what I'm gonna do? Hold on, let me go look at something real quick. I wonder if um, what's its face, the fucking movie soundtrack, Star Is Born, like if it got like a decent score. That's a good question. If, um, oh, brother, where art thou, did? Let's see. I'm gonna Dude, look. Man, at, that rec- we should do that album. That album rules. I love that it. I love that it was on there at all. It's just. Very I think funny. I've seen that movie once, and I've listened to that album like a hundred times. So, I'm looking at nine point or eight plus reviews, eight point oh plus reviews. But also, it's not all of them, so that's annoying. Hold on, everyone. Just everyone, please, please bear with me, because mm-hmm. I do think we should. 
I do think we need to know. Okay? And I think we can take a little bit of time while I'm scrolling down to get hopefully all of them on one page so that I can control F pop and find how many there are um, and see if there's anything that's like, you know, would beat the 8.8. Cause I mean, obviously something will beat an 8.8. Like that's obvious, you know, no one's questioning that. Okay, great. I got to the bottom of the page. <laughs> pop. All right. Uh, let's see. We got, nope, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Uh, nothing. I'm trying to find like, uh, knowable people you know um alicia keys didn't beat it uh no no i'm gonna cut a lot of this out i just googled highest rated pitchfork albums and google gave me a list <laughs> uh adele 21 got a two point or an 8.2 do you see any of the any like modern pop on there well google gave me like its guess with its like oh it's like yeah yeah, yeah. If that's right because some of it is stuff I've literally never heard of. Because I want to find, like, pop from the last, like, ten years, you know? Right. It's like, that's what I'm interested to see, like, what's the highest rated. Hey, listeners, we're just, we're just looking up stuff. You know how it is. Wait, I wonder if any other Taylor Swift albums got higher than that. Beyonce's Beyonce? What did it get? Taylor Swift's Red got a nine. But that was, oh, a, that was a little while ago, though. It's not in the... I guess it's in the last ten years, but barely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not finding anything, but also I don't think this list is comprehensive that I'm looking at right now. So we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll talk about it in our freaking Patreon episode or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. Just what did we discover? Really quick, Nothing. Let's, let's go through song by song. We won't okay. take too much time on this, uh, but of Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, this week's episode. <laughs> yes, that's what we're actually talking about. And it's just going to be like a, like a that's hot or that's not. Okay, great. Love it. Song number one, Brutal. Hot. That's hot. Love I it. I fucking love it, man. Man. Or is it, God, it's brutal out here. Don, yeah. don, 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 don. And the line of, uh, like, there's two lines right back to back. One is my favorite, and the other one is Caitlin's favorite. Mine is, um, I hate all the songs I write. Yes, and I like, hate I all the songs I write. expressing that feeling. And, yeah, especially how she The way she it. says it. Caitlin's yeah. favorite is, like, the... I'm not something and I'm not smart and I can't even, even parallel, parallel park. park. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this girl loves talking about driving and being a teenager. Yeah. 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 Like that is a, I mean, I can't, I, I can parallel park mm, 70% of the time. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it, but my fender might not agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Number two, trader. Uh, I think that's a hot, it's hot. It's hot. It's good. Yeah. Driver's license. Obviously hot. Big hot. Uh, one step forward, three steps back. Uh, I honestly don't remember what that one sounds like. Yeah, like to calibrate our hot or not scale, we just can't have all hots. So right. I think I'm going to say not. Like, but like, this is another thing they said on Bill Buds, which is like her songs that are just very good, but not great sort of suffer because so many of her songs are very great. Yeah. That like something that is like good and you could conceivably hear it on the radio, it just doesn't like hold up to her other really Totally. Ones. I think it's like, I think for this, I have to remember what the song is by hearing the name. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. remember that song just it, by hearing the name. It feels to me like someone who is young trying to write a song for the first time. Sure, 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 like sure, sure, sure. Like it's just sure. sort of like, da, 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 da. Like, it's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But it's not hot on our scale. No, not on our scale. <laughs> okay, moving on. Number four, or excuse me, number five, Deja Vu. That's hot. Great, super hot. Oh, super hot. Are you kidding me? I uh, love it. I really love it. 
uh, good for you. Oh, hot. Big time hot. Maybe, hot. My, maybe my favorite on the album. Yeah, that's, that's a burning hot. That's burninating the countryside. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, enough for you. Um, I'm trying to remember that song now. This to me sounds like Sweet Creature by Harry Styles. Oh, okay. Like sort of like noodly guitar up top. Sure. And I think the lyrics of it are um, really compelling. And I think, again, like just so our, our, our meter is calibrated right, I might give this one a not. Okay. But again, okay. I think it could like be on the radio tomorrow and I would be happy to hear it. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, you're not going to be sad to hear any of these, you know? Or they might make you sad because they're kind of sad songs. Right. Um, okay, uh, Happier. Uh, I think that one's hot, because I remember that, that one I really liked this time, but... I think I might give that one a not, too. Wow, fuck you, dude. But, again, no, okay. I like it, and I like a slow, sad song. I'm a fucking sucker for it, and I've talked myself into giving it a hot. Yay! <laughs> I jealousy, win! Jealousy, jealousy. Uh, I don't remember that one either right now. I think that could oh, be no, I playing do. in, like, an H&M. That, that one I, I think is interesting, because she's not talking about the breakup there. Like, she is a little bit, but she's more talking about, like, society and the way it, and, like, the sort of pressure of being a young uh -huh. woman. Um, which I like the sentiment and the the subject matter, but it doesn't stand out to me as a song compared to the rest of yeah, the Yeah, I think in terms of like the kind of more upbeat, jammier songs, that this one is maybe the weakest yeah, of those. For sure. Not that it's like upbeat, but it has a bit more of like a like pound to it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'll give that one a soft knot. Yeah, a, so Again, a soft. All of these are hots. Oh yeah, no. This album's eleven hots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, favorite crime. Uh, don't remember that's that one. Another one that starts with like noodly acoustic guitar. But you know what? I love it. That like all the things I did. Oh, that like, one. Four oh yeah, that's hot. That's hot. That's hot for sure. Yeah, I think that's hot. And then hope you're okay. Also a good one. I'm gonna say it's hot. Um, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. So that said, with all the hots and knots, we had, um. Some near misses there, but all in all, we like this album and we like it for what it is, mm. which is very Star which Wars. Which is sour. Oh, wait. <laughs> very Star Wars. Um, yeah, is it Star Wars? No. Uh, it doesn't have a hero's journey. It's good music, but... It has more narrative to it than a lot of yeah, albums You do? could say there's a story to it, for sure. But it is not a uh, sort of... It's not like a linear no. story. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's, like, good. <laughs> yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about how good and bad it was this time, which we do all the time, so who cares? Yeah. Um, and I've also been scrolling through the list again. The uh, So Beyonce's Homecoming, the live album, is a 9.3 in 2019. So that's pretty high. feels a little different because it's, like, they're definitely not in the same genre. Uh, more R&B, but also still technically pop. So the argument could be made. But yeah, I'm just still scrolling. But I'll, I'll be scrolling for the rest of the episode. So uh, let's see. Should we give it a rating? I think so. It's about that time. I, I think I know what I'm going to give this. And again, listeners, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are not evaluating this on its quality. Mike, it's so are... scary how dark it is right now. <laughs> we are evaluating it on how Star Wars it is. And as we've said, it has a little <laughs> bit of a couple of stretches to Star Wars, but I don't think it's all that Star Wars. I have picked my unit of measure, which is a single instance of the word jealousy. Mm, good, 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 good. Yeah, it's twice. Because uh, I, I, I think it's also going to be... Uh, uh, references to Billy Joel. 
Um, <laughs> that's something I forgot to yeah. talk about. But Charlie she thinks she invented Billy Joel. Yeah, Charlie thinks it's so funny how she talks about Billy Joel. It is like kind of annoying because it's like you. It's like it's such a weird thing for a Gen Zer to be a fan of. Like sh- 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 when we start, when we talked about Charlie, was like he's not like that classic, and I was like, oh, absolutely, he's classic rock now. But it is weird for a Gen Zer to be like, oh, you haven't heard of Billy Joel? Like, it you gotta funny. hear Billy Joel. Yeah. It's like, what? But, I what? mean, he's just kind of fucking timeless. <laughs> I, I mean, it's true. It's just funny to, to be like, yeah, our song, Uptown Girl. It's like, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, really? that's it's a good song. It's just yeah. weird that that's the thing you chose. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. On again, how Star Wars it is. Yes, I'm also gonna give it a two out of ten of how Star Wars it is. Of two instances and two mentionings of Billy Joel. Um, She might have done stickers on your face. Yeah, well, that's too many though. She has so many. Well, that's true. On the cover. If this were, if this were like a, how much do you like this album? I would have picked the unit of measure stickers Stickers on on uh, upon a face. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, well, folks, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at House Services on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email at a good podcast at gmail.com. Yes, a good podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can also uh, find us on Patreon. Yes, where we, wish we you would. will probably end up like uh, rewriting a Star Wars movie sometime. Yep. We, might, uh, we might talk about what was the other album that we talked about? Oh, Lord's Melodrama. Lord's Melodrama. I might just make Mike listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: um, you might, your mileage may vary for melodrama. It's definitely, it's, it's definitely like a vibe. But right, I'm just right, saying sure. that, like, once you listen to it, you start hearing the, especially Jack Antonoff and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But that's a uh, uh, patreoncom slash Wars Is it for five dollars a month? You can get a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly. Film commentary, commentary of a different Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's a Discord as well, and there's all sorts of different tiers besides just the five dollar one. If you want to join us over there, we'd love to have you. Yes, come on over. And a shout out time. to all of you who are over there and joining us already. We love to. We love to have you as part of the Hisui-U. Uh Yeah, thank you so much to our patrons. You guys are the best. We have a fun time. Um, I think it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. Uh, don't you think? Yeah. Don't I'm, you think? I'm distracted because I'm a still... A little too Toby Bye Bye. I'm still looking to see if there's anything that's like bigger than melodrama or higher than that uh, Beyonce <laughs> album. And I'm going to be doing it for the entire next Patreon episode that Mike and I are recording. Uh-huh. But so like we always say, <laughs> we love you and may the fourth be with you. We definitely sing that in a different key and it's gonna I'm gonna put it right next to each other and it'll sound so choice. So tasty.